When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody, welcome to the Mainland Podcast. This is episode number three thirty-six. My name is Michael Citro. I'm your host, and I am the founder and managing editor of themainland.com, an independent website covering Orlando City, the Orlando Pride, OCB, and all things soccer-related in the city. Beautiful. And joining me from Tallahassee, Florida, is David Rowe, my co-host. Dave, how you doing? Uh better i'm two weeks out from the surgery and so uh no longer on you know any drugs um so that's probably you gotta good. take the bad with the good yeah that's true <laughs> so no doing doing all right glad to be here glad to have you here because otherwise it would just be me and that would be boring for everyone so we are here to talk about Orlando City and OCB here in our uh, what we call our A show. It's not really a, a better than the other show. It's just our first show of the week as we now head into week two of our new format. We're still kind of collecting data and streamlining things and getting into a groove. So thank you for being patient with us while we change over. We did get some good reviews of our new format last week. And we still were way too long with our second show last week. So we'll try to make it a little bit more even this week, but who knows how that's going to go. Let's start out, Dave, by talking about the uh, Orlando City. Uh, well, we'll talk about our site and then we'll talk about Orlando City. Just want to get a, a quick update. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. I know some folks have reached out to us. We've had some uh, technical things that we are working on. One of those things we just discovered today which is in mobile uh, browsers, our photo galleries are not scrolling side to side. So we're you can click on the little arrow, but it's not moving. So we're working on that. I got our best man on it. Our only man is on it. <laughs> and uh, so we, we wish Dan luck in fixing that gremlin. I know some folks have, have reached out, said they've had trouble with not seeing new stories on the page. Uh, we are also working on that, but the main thing that we need to get across to everybody is that we can't really control SB Nation and the old website. So there's, I don't know how their system is cached, so I, I can't really do much with that. So all I can say is eventually this will stop being a problem. It's just going to take some time. So just refresh your browser. You don't see anything new. You know that we pretty much put up new content every single day. 
So especially at 7.30 a.m. Eastern time, we usually have Lion Links up six days a week, not on Sunday, but we have new content every day. And it's usually up by one o'clock at the latest is, is usually our last story of the day that we have planned unless there's breaking news. So just refresh. If you don't see anything new, clear your cache. And we apologize for the inconvenience of that, but it's something you should be doing regularly anyway. So um, <laughs> just uh, just a friendly little thing that we're doing to help you. We're helping you to help yourself in uh, in terms of the health of your mechanism, whether that's a laptop or a phone or whatever. So that's why that's happening. We believe that it will stop happening eventually uh, once some of the residual crap from the old site uh, stops um, being in play. Uh, also, we've heard at least one person has had issues with comments, and that's not something we can replicate because ever since I changed the settings, I haven't had any problems, whether I'm signed in or not signed in, of uh, leaving a comment, and I haven't really, we've played with it, but we just can't find a way to not be able to. So um, if you're not able to, I again urge patience because if you can't now, we are going to be uh, sort of bulking up our our comments uh, with a plugin in the not too distant future. We just got higher priorities, so we do appreciate you wanting to comment. Um, other people are commenting and are able to do that. If if you can't comment for whatever reason on on a particular browser or device, try a different particular browser or device, and uh, we will get this you know cleaned up as quickly as we can on our end. But we're not seeing any problems that we can replicate. And if we can't replicate the problem, we can't track it down and find out what it is. So as far as we know, the comments are working. So maybe a, um, uh, uh, an antivirus or something playing with it. I don't know. I don't know. Just, uh, try different things on your end is my suggestion. And, and we will see what we can do on our end as well. Exactly. All right. So I think that's all of the updates that we had. Uh, we do. Uh, appreciate your patience, as I said, during this time, because it is it has been hectic. Uh, we do have some archives up now. We've got a bunch of game recaps. Old game recaps have gone up. Uh, we still have about a thousand old stories that need to be published. So long Ooh. way to go. But we are we are on our way and we are very, very happy to do it, even though it's very time consuming and cumbersome. Uh, that just part of us being us. We will also be launching our subscription tier in the near future, I'm going to guess around the 1st of May, still finalizing some things. So stay tuned for that. All right, Dave, let's dive into Orlando City because I know you want to talk about the Lions at the Loons on Saturday night. This is not a game that began like a game that we would be happy with the outcome. It just didn't look very good or very crisp. A nope. little bit of a new wrinkle with... Oscar Pareja going three center backs across the back without fullbacks. This was not mm -hmm. a situation like we've seen it before with some actual guys who have played fullback, but Kyle Smith wasn't on the field. Michael Halliday is still uh, nursing an injury. He wasn't out there. Luca Petrasa wasn't out there. Rafael Santos wasn't out there. It was Antonio Carlos first start of the season along with Rodrigo Schlegel and Robin Janssen and then on the uh, outside, you had Gaston Gonzalez on the left, Ivan Angulo on the right. They're not fullbacks. You can't fool me. No, they're definitely not, although they were able to fool the uh, Apple TV crew because I know that for a fact that they uh, refer to uh, Gaston as a fullback, and I'm sitting there going, no. 
that's not right. <laughs> they uh, also put Facundo Torres at right back in the graphic. Yeah. Uh, at least in one graphic I saw, and that was uh, that was not a thing. Um, this nope. thing looked to me like a little bit like a three four three is what it looked like to me. It, maybe it was a three five two, but it was a very amorphous blob for most of the, the game. So to me, it looked like a team that was not used to playing that style or that system. Mm-hmm. And it, it took a while to get going. I mean, it was, it was really looking like there were going to be some problems in this game. In fact, Roman Janssen gave up a chance on a ball over the top and just early in the second minute of the game. And uh, Orlando, very fortunate not to go behind when uh, Bongi Longwane missed the net. I just kind of made a mess of the cross from Mender Garcia. Yeah. And, and good thing they did. Cause like you say, I mean, the, the lions were not, they were not into the match yet. And that would have been devastating on the road to go down uh, a goal that quickly. Yeah. It wouldn't have been good. They were already looking a little bit out of sorts and, and it took a while, but uh, you know, they get through the first half. They really didn't, ch- create a whole lot of anything in the first half. It was very much get the ball into the middle of the pitch, get it sort of into the final third. And then um, here, Minnesota have the ball. We do not want to pass it to a teammate. We would rather have you have the ball because we're not really sure where we're going or what we're doing. It was, it was not a great first half by any means, um, but most of the storm was weathered in the first 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah, and which is typical in a road match. I mean, you've you've got the home crowd in there, you know, the start of the match. You're you're the road team. You've got to get through typically first 15, 20 minutes, and that'll allow you to hopefully settle in, as you mentioned, that different shape, that different uh formation, uh, or amorphous blob, uh, as you so <laughs> accurately put it. Um, you know, so you're not only settling down on the road, but you're also settling into something new. You know, I'm not saying that they didn't, you know, do it in training. I'm sure they did, mm-hmm. but it's still, you know, when you've been doing it differently for a much longer time, it, it's, it's tough. It's one thing to do it in training against your mates. It's another thing entirely to do it against another team that's willing to get stuck in. And, uh, and really we knew it, we know Adrian Heath, we know they're coming off a loss and they were going home. They hadn't won at home yet. They just had a couple of draws and you figured they're going to come out and try to put on pressure right from the start. That's their game. They don't want the ball. Our guest last week told us that they don't really want the ball. They just kind of want to hit you on the counter. So it was always going to be a lot of pressure that the team was under. And with guys being in unfamiliar places, that meant that their angles and their, their instincts weren't sharpened to the point where they had to actually slow down their thought process. And that helped Minnesota for, for quite a bit of this game. And then that goal that was always coming for Minnesota finally did come in the uh, second half. And uh, there we go. We uh, behind looking up at a scoreboard, seeing Minnesota up one nil. And uh, to this point, you hadn't really done a whole lot offensively. So it was, it was really looking like, Unless something happens, this is uh, there's some kind of moment of magic. I don't know that this is going to be a a result on the road. No, and uh, you know, at that point, um, you know, I'm thinking, well, I 
I was right. It's going to be a loss. I was wrong about the score, but oh man, what you know that stinks. Uh, I had called a two-one loss. You had called a one-one draw. Uh, just so everybody remembers, and um, yeah, it typically road games are tough on ML in MLS, and you know, with as many changes as Orlando was dealing with, plus you know, going up against Adrian Heath, and uh, yeah challenges were many and you never want to be a goal down on the road. No, you never want to be down at all ever. <laughs> no, <it's> true. <laughs> if you really have your choice, I would choose lead always. Yes, that is a better policy. You're correct. Anyway, the, uh, you did see signs in the second half of some things starting to gel a little bit better. And eventually in the 66th minute, just, uh, eight minutes after Minnesota opened the scoring, Got a really good look at what's been missing from the back line of Orlando City when Antonio Carlos made a really nice, accurate switch of the ball from right to left to Gaston Gonzalez, and it started a sequence of events that ended up in the tying goal. Gonzalez brought the ball forward. He gave it to Ojeda. Ojeda dropped it back to Pereira, Pereira and then Gaston Gonzalez the whole time had continued his run. Pereira found him down the flank. And one of the things we've heard so much about is Gaston Gonzalez's ability on the wing to cross the ball. And he fizzed a very nice cross, low cross through the ball, through the box. It got behind the line, but nobody could get to it. It went out the other side to Ivan Angulo, who smashed it past Dane St. Clair and made it 1-1. Yeah, it smashed it at a, a somewhat awkward angle too. I mean, that was not an easy shot. Um, you know, he made it look easy, but, uh, the angle was tough. Uh, he put it in the opposite side of the net and lions are even. Yeah. Assist number one in his MLS career for Gaston Gonzalez and, uh, give one for the captain, give the hockey assist to the captain. Absolutely. Uh, it was a nice build up on that play. Um, the, you know, good passing, good, uh, interlink, uh, you mentioned Gaston making continuing his run very important. And obviously prayer being able to pick him out. Yeah. The down the stretch, it looked to uh, many people like Oscar Pereja, especially the Oscar out crowd that Oscar's playing for the draw. He's scared to go win the game. Cause he, he put in Felipe, he withdrew an attacker. And that is a move designed to be defensive and to protect the point you have. But what it also is, is more protection for uh, an Orlando side that was dealing with Minnesota going for the win. I felt like this was, uh, although you could read into it as, oh, now they're going to bunker. I didn't look at it that way because I did think they needed more stability in there with Araujo and, and Felipe provided that. Not only did he provide that, he had a, just a magnificent through ball. It didn't come to anything because they lost the ball in the final third, but he cut through that defense with just a pitch perfect uh, seeing eye through ball that really should have, it was worthy of a, at least a secondary assist, but nothing came of it. But anyway, as the, the game wore down, Orlando city put on some fresh troops. It took Oscar a while to start going to his bench. And I was kind of, Around the hour mark, I was really concerned. Why are you? Why are there not any substitutions being made? But uh, you know, I didn't win the U.S. Open Cup last year managing a team, but mm -hmm. Oscar Pereja did, and he kind of knows what he's doing. Even though there are people who feel like he maybe doesn't, and uh, 
he puts on uh, some fresh troops and they end up making all the difference in the world because the maybe one of the nicest plays we've seen all year happened along the the left sideline as Luca Petrasso and Dagerdan Thoralson uh, worked a little magic to get the ball up and break a line and get the ball to Facundo Torres up the left side. Torres put in a cross for substitute Duncan McGuire. It was a little high for him, mm-hmm. and it fell on the other side of the box for Ivan Angulo. <laughs> and you're thinking, whoa. And then Dane St. Clair was well off his line to come out and try to, to, to take that angle away. And so Ivan goes for the chip. And you're going, oh, my God, he's going to get an amazing brace. And then it clangs off the crossbar. And you're like, oh. And then Duncan McGuire heads it in. I was going to say, you you didn't even have time to complete the uh <laughs> before the youngster is heading it into the back of the net. And, and a perfectly placed. If you go back and look at it, there are three defenders around him when it comes off. He it, incredibly lucky that it came right to him. Mm-hmm. But at the same time. He, you know, when that ball went over his head, he reassessed, he repositioned it. And, you know, he's look, he's a striker and he's a good striker. Uh, he's a young striker, but I, you know, you're seeing the potential. He put himself in a position to get that goal. So all credit to him on that, um, comes off the crossbar and he directs it. This was not just a, you know, a, a random head, you know, putting it in there where he, he placed that ball. If you go back and look at it in between those three defenders uh, to get that goal. He also made sure that he didn't just lollipop it into the goal. He put as much power behind it as he could get from standing yep. where he was. He was, you know, he wasn't running onto it. It didn't really have much pace on it. He just hit it as hard as he could and and hope, you know, hope that he had enough to get by because you know that thing that's one of those that if you just hit it gently someone could throw out a a, a knee or a leg or whatever a head and, and get it on there and, and knock it out for a corner but uh well done by everybody on that play that was maybe a little sign of the chemistry we heard that was starting to develop to develop in that uh, off week so Petrasso and Dagger Dan Phenomenal skill along the sideline to be able to work the ball through what looked to be a pretty good Minnesota trap. Yeah, absolutely. I, this is one of those matches where Orlando City got better as the match went on. Um, you know, that that can happen, but, you know, a tired leg sometimes will take it out and, and you'll start to get sloppy or you're trying to protect a point. And that didn't happen. Um, they The passes, for the most part, got better they got crisper they the interplay was better um and so that is what allowed orlando city to get that second goal and ultimately the win i i thought martino Heda also had a very a quietly a very good game um i thought that he he did a lot of things really well and mm-hmm. um and torres still isn't scoring goals but he did play a pretty big role in that winning goal, even though he doesn't get an assist for it. So maybe we're starting to see something starting to materialize when you're behind a team that doesn't give up a lot of goals. It's really tough on the road, but they were, they managed to score two on a very stingy Minnesota back line and, and great instincts by McGuire to go try to figure out if that ball's not going in and it hits the crossbar, where's it going to bounce? Which direction? And that's just instinct and and knowing the game and knowing your angles and 
And sometimes it's just a knack. Sometimes guys just have a knack for knowing where, where something's going to go. And, and he got himself to that spot. And I asked him after the game too, about his instincts, because I asked him late in the uh, stoppage time, he had a, an opportunity one V one with Michael Boxall in the penalty area. And I said, Duncan, how much restraint did it take on your part to not try to take on Boxall to try to get that third goal and to take that ball to the corner like you did? And he's like, oh man, so much. <laughs> 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 so uh, a very mature play and a very selfless play by Duncan McGuire to take that ball to the corner and waste, you know, another 25, 30 seconds and uh, and ultimately help his team hang on and get the victory. There was no last minute. Oh, that was so close to tying the game moment. Like we've seen so many times. This was, uh, I think a good win. I think Minnesota is a playoff team in the West. And I think that this is a good road win for Orlando city. The first time the lions have beaten Adrian Heath's loons in the regular season. They of course beat them in the semifinals of the, uh, MLS's back tournament, but this is the first time in the regular season, they've been able to uh, come away with the W. So we'll take the three points. Thank you very much. And I will take, um, I will take my L because once Angulo tied the score at one, one, I knew that, that I predicted one, one, this game cannot end one, one. No. And, uh, you know, at that point I was, you know, two, one loss and I'm like, Oh crap, I could be right. And I don't want to be, um, I was correct on the score, just not which direction it was going to go. Yeah. Uh, Man of the match. There are a number of folks to choose from. You can choose to do what MLS did and just reward the score of the goal and, and the game winner. And that's Duncan McGuire. Uh, as I said, very intelligent play. He's only out there for 15 minutes. Uh, you can go Ivan Angulo. You can go, uh, you know, Galese made a couple big saves in the game. Um, you could go Cesar Araujo, who was getting under the skin of everybody out there and doing He's a so nice good job. At that. Uh, you can go Antonio Carlos. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can go. Uh, who's your man of the match? Um, I'm going to go with Angulo. He, he got the goal to, you know, claw the lines back. He almost had the second and still, you know, off the crossbar was a contributor to the second goal and, and goals changed, changed games. And he was involved in both of them. So for me, he gets my man of the match. He also did some other things. Um, you know, it wasn't always the best on defense, but he did, you know, his mixed bag there. He, he was able to get back and, uh, make some stops because of his speed mm -hmm. and, um, you know, he's not perfect, but he's also not a defender. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I, I thought that he overall, overall played well and with two goal contributions, I'm, I'm going with him. Yeah, I will agree and say Ivan Angulo is my man of the match as well. I thought that he played well going forward his defending was like you said a mixed bag but not only not an actual defender but he's playing against a pretty speedy winger uh and a big guy so i mean that was a, a handful uh angulo's not a big dude he's fast but uh, you picture juan out there in the same instance and you're probably going to get very similar results is that when angulo got beat it was usually not for speed it was usually because Longwani just used his body well and, mm -hmm. and you know was able to to muscle him off the ball and get position and then and then make a move toward the end line and get crosses in. So uh, considering he's not a defender by trade, I'm I'm going to say that uh, that was a 
you know, that was a, what do you call it in Vegas? A push. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I um, will also go with Angulo. So, uh, it's unanimous. Yeah. The site you and I all picked Angulo. Uh, you reminded me of something there and I don't remember who it was on Minnesota, but, uh, there was at one point Torres was, was going down the left. Um, and he just got muscled off the ball. And then that same player tried that against Duncan McGuire. <laughs> and it did not work. <laughs> yeah, I really like Duncan's fresh legs against the tired defense in the last 15 minutes. He's uh he's not he doesn't have blazing speed, but he's quick. He's quick. Yeah. Um he's got good hops and he's strong. So he's he's a pretty good guy to have out there. We had Archankara on the bench and Oscar said he was kind of torn. He wasn't sure what he was going to do. He, he he thought about Kara. But then he just thought they needed that explosiveness that uh, you know that you get with Duncan that you don't have with Kara. Kara's his top end speed's not quite as as good um, mm-hmm. as as Duncan's. So he thought he could just make something happen, and he did. In fact, he didn't just make something happen. He he happened. He was the yeah. one happening. <laughs> That's right. And you know he Duncan McGuire is now. Uh, Tied uh, with Ivan Angulo and uh, Ojeda for most goals, two apiece, mm-hmm. um, so far this season. So, <laughs> and with a lot, you know, he has not played as many minutes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like half, more than half, or less than half of what the other two have played. That just tells me Facu Torres is going to score the next goal. So there'll be four guys with two goals. <laughs> there you go. That's what it means. Well, that's right. All right. Anything else uh, you want to talk about from this game? Nah, just a good result on the road, and I will take that every single time. All right. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side of that break, we're going to talk about OCB. We're going to do our mailbag box. So uh, let's get to those items. We'll do it right after this. We're back, Dave, and we're going to talk about Orlando City B going up to Atlanta, where it turns out Atlanta United 2, their freaking turf is just as bad as their uh, parent club. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it's annoying. It's even worse. Least. It's got football yeah. lines on it. <laughs> right. Ugh, so annoying. Fake grass, uh, people falling down, people getting hurt. Uh, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And I certainly didn't like the way OCB played. OCB went into this without a loss. Atlanta came into this without a win. So obviously Orlando City B lost uh, to Atlanta United 2. And it was not even a contest. This was a game where, you know, some games you think a team's playing hard, but they're just not getting the breaks. And then you see other games where it looks like the team's not really trying all that hard. Or maybe they they look tired, or they look like they've had a long flight, or something just looks off about the team. All of that was true of OCB. They didn't look like they were necessarily playing hard, and they didn't really look like uh, it was their night, and, and things weren't working for them. Um, Javier Otero got hurt, the goalkeeper, on a penalty that really should never have happened. I mean, they had, uh, uh, I think it was Tahir Reed Brown was coming back and and uh, had a chance to clear and like, it looked like he stepped over the ball and kind of kicked it with his back heel. So they continued to have the ball in the box. And then Thomas Williams uh, creates a bigger problem by committing a foul in the box and they score and none of it was good. 
Yeah, this is one of those matches that you're hoping, uh, based on the previous results, is just a, a letdown match, uh, an outlier, and uh, the OCB will be able to pick themselves back up, kind of shake their heads, shake off the cobwebs, and go, oh, that was weird. All right, let's get back to normal uh, scoring within the first five minutes and going on to win, you know, 2 nil, 2-1. Um, which is what's happened the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, you know, we've said it before clubs have bad games and this was a bad game. It was. And, you know, I just can't believe that they would go into that game. Not really amped up. I mean, this is Atlanta. It's your rival. If you mm-hmm. can't get up for Atlanta, knowing they're going to be coming hard after you for their first win, uh, what do they say on social media? F O H. If you can't, if you cannot get up for this game, what are you even doing out there? But there were a couple of game, a couple of goals in this game where I thought there were, I'm not going to call them out, but there were players on the pitch. It's a reserve side. After all, there were players on the pitch that I felt gave up on the play and did not hustle. And that contributed to Atlanta scoring two of their goals. I, one of them came off an OCB throw in. Mm-hmm. You should not be so bad at throw ins that you create the other team scoring a goal off your own throw in. That's just, I don't know, soccer 101, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, it's your yeah. ball. If you take care of it, they can't put it in your net. That, those are, that is a fact. You are correct. Um, and it is disappointing. Um, you know, we're talking about them more this year than we have in the past. I mean, you know, we used to have the OCB minute. Yeah. Um, this is one of those matches that we should have stuck to that old format, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, it is. <laughs> but you know, uh, look, uh, it, it is the development, you know, team. Um, these are young players. Uh, we've been fortunate for the first couple of matches to have those results. Sometimes things don't go your way you know, wait and see how they bounce back from it. Uh, or if they bounce back from it, you know, the next match will tell you a bit about their mentality and which I think is probably pretty good. Um, generally speaking, it has been for the moment, unless, unless, unless this keeps up, I'm chalking this up as just, you know, one of those games. Yeah. I'm not getting overly excited about it at this point. So, uh, but, uh, it was, you hate that it happened against Atlanta cause screw those yeah. guys. Yeah, honestly, absolutely. For for being honest, screw those guys. Um, speaking of OCB, congratulations to Alejandro Granados and Tahir Reed Brown. They've been called up to the U seventeen squad for the U.S. Uh, I don't. I didn't happen to go and look to see how many uh, how many games they might be out for OCB during the window. But um, hey, it's important part of their development. So uh, good luck, guys. Yeah, good luck. Okay, uh, Dave, there's really not much left to do in this particular episode, which is nice. It's nice and it is nice. Short. We do have a mailbag box, though. I love the mailbag box. I know that you do, and there's two ways you can ask us anything here at the Mainland Podcast. Uh, there's more than two, but I'm I'm used to saying there's two, and one of them kind of feeds into uh, one of the non-two feeds into one of the two. So I'm going to stick with two, but you can email us at the mainland at gmail.com. And uh, you, you can ask us anything that way, or you can hit us up on Twitter at the mainland is our Twitter account. Use the hashtag ask TMLPC. Uh, you could also hit, 
the uh, website, go to the mainland podcast page on our website. There's a little form there that you can fill out and ask your question. That just emails us. It's just another way to email us. Yeah, but it's, it's nice to use the website too. It is. You can use those methods. Those are, those are all the methods that you can use and probably would behoove me to find out if we have anything in our uh, Gmail. So I'm going to do that while you get to our first Twitter question. Okay. That sounds like a good plan. We do indeed have some in the Twitters. Um, first, uh, Orlando city guy says, I'd be curious to know about the early history of the mainland. How did the site and podcast come to be? And how did each of you get involved? Um, well, uh, obviously Michael is better suited to answer this, but as he's busy, I will go ahead and, We'll let everybody know that Michael started the podcast as a WordPress. Uh, it's my fault. Know, I did it. He did it. Um, shortly after, you know, getting going, um, it was then picked up by SB Nation. And uh, that was in, thanks in totality to uh, himself and the other gentlemen that were there at the beginning. Um, we... We're SB Nation for years and years. Um, it was during this time that the podcast was also started. Originally, Michael was on it, obviously, as he's always been. And he had a, a rotating uh, group of of uh, commentators uh, from the staff um, that went yeah. on for about. I could jump in on that. They, they <laughs> Yeah. Basically, it was I was I wanted someone to take the reins on the podcast. So every week when it came time. And nobody had done it yet. I'm like, all right, let's uh, record a podcast. Uh, who's available? Who can be on it? So it varied. It, it was me and one other person might be a different person each week. Sometimes it was two or three other guys. So that's kind of what happened in the early going was I was trying to get someone to just grab the bull by the horns and be the podcast person. Because, Yeah. That's what you want. And that, that went on for about 70 episodes ish or so until, um, he, he lost whoever and decided to, uh, text me and inside of our uh, Slack chat and asked if I wanted to do it. And I was like, yeah, sure. And here we are a couple hundred, uh, episodes later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think Andrew Harrison was my last regular partner. Um, but like, I think we only did something like 25 episodes as the two hosts and then mm -hmm. at some point i went you know what once it goes beyond two hosts it's just a little unwieldy so let's just keep it with two so it ended up being me and andrew for a while and then uh when andrew left i brought dave into the fold uh like okay well dave i need you to fill in and dave filled in and then he never left yeah i'm kind of like that uh, <laughs> uh that annoying little thing that's just like like something in your shoe that's just you know you can feel it and you but you're you're walking you can't stop that's me yeah yeah hey the annoying little pebble in your shoe um <laughs> well anyway that so obviously that's how michael you know he started the whole thing so that's how he got involved i i came on um i think 2016 and um i don't remember michael has it someplace it was, it's, it's many <laughs> years have, ago uh, we actually have it on uh, we have a, a list of all of the people who have ever worked for the website on the mainland.com on our about us page. Uh, I think it's a, called about us. Is that what it called? Is that what it is, says at the top? It says, uh, yes, it says about us. And then if you go to about us and you scroll down, you'll see everybody that's ever 
been part of our staff. And Dave's right. I started this thing. I wanted to start a podcast or I wanted to start a, a website about Orlando City and I've been kicking it around. They had just been, they had been announced they're going to jump to MLS. And I knew SB Nation did not have an Orlando City website yet. I knew some people at SB Nation and I said, Hey, I'm interested in doing this. What do I got to do to get that going? And they said, Well, we've got several different blogs that want to do this. So get your blog going, uh, put up some content. Let's see how you, how you do, how you grow. And we were only up for a couple of months before they were already like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're definitely in because you're getting it done and your numbers are good. And you're, you know, you're getting engagement and your social media has grown, you know, tremendously from the beginning. And that's really kind of all been up to you guys because our readers and our followers on social media, I mean, it, we started with nothing and you guys mm -hmm. built us into something that SB nation wanted. Yeah. So, uh Thanks to Michael uh, going and reminding me to go look on our website. Uh, I realized that it's been since June of 2015 yes. when I started even longer than I was remembering, which, you know, shouldn't be surprising. It was November of 16. I knew there was a 16 in there. That's when I got on the podcast. But, you know, for me, it was basically um, I decided I was going to choose an MLS team. And I, and this was actually before uh, Orlando city made the jump to MLS and you know, I grew up in Maryland, so I'm like, oh, DC. I'm like, nah, but I never liked any DC teams. And then I was, you know, I'm just kind of looking around and literally while that's happening, uh, Orlando City made the jump to MLS. And I was like, oh, perfect. So then as one is wont to do, I went out and started, you know, researching uh, as much as I could about my new club, ran into the mainland. And right at the top, there was a uh, an article that said, would you like to write for us? And I was like, sure. And so I got in contact and, uh, uh, that that's kind of it. And here we are. Oh, eight years on or so. Yeah. It, it's been a lot of fun uh, just for, uh, your edification. I will say this about Dave's participation. Dave has written 847 stories as of the recording of this podcast for the mainland. So he's, he's coming up on 850. He'll be there soon. I'll be at 850 soon. And uh, of course, that's, that doesn't, in, none of that includes the time that I spend uh, doing the podcast because those numbers go to Michael, but I'm still putting in the, uh, the talking time. You are, <laughs> you are just uh, not that this matters, uh, but uh, I've written 2,659 stories. Yeah. Yeah. Seems you like are the, yeah, that's because it is. Okay. But uh, <laughs> anyway, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, sense. Yeah. That's uh that's how it started. That's how we both got involved, and uh, we really appreciate the uh, the question, Orlando City guy. Great question. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Um, we have uh, we we've got some questions that we're going to answer in in other podcasts and other sections that came through Twitter. So if you don't hear yours, don't worry. Um, we will get to them. But we do have one other uh, from uh, Buckeye Connor. I'm guessing that you and he might get along. Um, could be, he's, he says, uh, what should Orlando city's expectations be this year? Will it be another year of deep cup runs and scraping into the playoffs or should this team aspire for more? I think we did our, our round table, right? At the beginning of mm -hmm. the year. And I think that most of us kind of think 
middle playoff spots is where we think this team's going to be. Um, whether or not they can get over the hump and get a home game, I don't know. Uh, there were some, I'm, I had some concerns about the way the roster was constructed, and I hope that they turn out to be unfounded. I had some definite worries about fullback, and mm-hmm. that I think has proven to be a problem area in the early going. That doesn't mean it will continue to be, and it doesn't mean that it won't solve itself over the course of the season. I also had some real struggles with the way that the organization went about constructing or reconstructing, I should say, the striker position, because I always think that an experienced striker in the league that knows the league, knows the defenders, knows the travel, knows all of that stuff, and, oh, yeah, is good at scoring goals and proven to be good at scoring goals is always a good person to have on your team. Uh, you got you lost Benji Michelle. Uh, you lost Alexander Pato. You lost Tesho Akindele. These are are players that numbers-wise you should be able to easily replace. The team went out and got a bunch of young guys. And, mm-hmm. you know, yes, you, you add Ojeda into that. He's not that young, uh, but he's also a new player, and he's not a striker. He's an attacking midfielder type. So that was my other area of concern. And now I, and I've been watching Kai Kamara score goals for Chicago and going, this is a guy that I think they could have gotten – for fairly reasonably priced, uh, you know, salary, and he knows how to put the ball in the net. Are there, you know, are there red flags of when it comes to him? I mean, he's he's older. He's been on a ton of teams, yes, but everywhere he's been, he's put the ball in the net. And at the end of the day, that's what you need to do to win games. And you know, Ramiro Enrique doesn't have any goals. Nope. Um, you know, Kara hasn't really played because he's been injured. And then uh, you got Shaq Muhammad, who hasn't played. Uh, he's kind of been playing uh, off the bench at OCB. You've got uh, um, Duncan McGuire, which so far he looks like a great draft pick, but still, first year, you don't know what you're going to, you never know what you're going to get coming into the year with a new striker uh, out of the draft. So they have numbers, but everybody's either young or new to the team or new to the league. So um, I just felt like they put too many eggs in the same basket. So I would have liked to have seen a veteran striker who's been around and um, they they opted not to do that. So, but maybe in Ramiro Enrique will make me a believer before the end of the season. And um, you know, that's a discussion for another day. Okay. So deep cup runs scraping in the playoffs or more. I think deep cup run and, I don't think they scrape in the playoffs. I think they are squarely middle of the playoff places. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm pretty sure that I, I, and without going back and looking, I think I had them finishing fourth in the Eastern Conference uh, and heading into playoffs at that that position, if I remember right. Um, and I certainly, you know, look, Oscar has proven that he can be good at cups. Um, you know, obviously we have the win from last season and then, um, you know, even against Tigrace, I mean, they played well and, and took a, you know, most difficult team and probably in, uh, in that competition, um, to the wire and, and barely, barely didn't get through. So, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't think that's indicative of those not getting through. I don't think that's indicative of any problem as far as his ability to, to win competitions like that. So, yeah. 
All right. Uh, that's uh, everything we got in the Twitters for the moment. Uh, what you got over there in the uh, Gmail? I got nothing. 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 Oh there's uh, there's nothing starred, so I kind of went line by line through the Gmail box, and I'm not seeing anything from uh, anybody that's uh, that's asked TMLPC questions. So, uh, but you know, get it in, and and maybe you'll get it on the next one this week, or maybe it'll it'll have to be next week. But major question. There's there. always opportunity. Yeah. Especially with two shows a week. So uh, we do have a question from DP that we will answer on Scope Perp Soccer this mm-hmm. week because it's pride related. And uh, we have a good mailbag box brewing for Scope Perp this week. And uh, also uh, Daniel Cluley asked a question for something that we are going to talk about on our next show this week, our our preview for the DC United show. We will be talking about the topic that he asked about. So we do appreciate everybody who submitted questions Get your questions in by doing one of a couple of things. You can either email us at the mainland at gmail.com. And uh, you can also hit us up on Twitter at the mainland using the hashtag AskTMLPC. You can also use the form on the mainland podcast page of the mainland.com. So these are all things that you can do and they can be done. Yes, they can. <laughs> so uh thanks to those who filled our mailbag box we do appreciate it and speaking of that we do have an i love the mailbag box t-shirt on yep. our uh, web shop so if you go to the mainland.com and click on shop you can buy one of those and uh you know what dave's not the only one that owns one now because we sold another one sweet that makes me inordinately happy um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, it, it's nice to be the one and only, but I would rather that I, everybody had one of these gorgeous, I love the mailbag box t-shirts because, well, because I love the mailbag box and of I want to get it out there. Do. Yeah. I want to get it out there as much as I can. All right. We also love it when you go and leave us a five-star rating and review anywhere you can uh, get your podcasts. If you do it on Apple podcasts, we'll read your five-star review, uh, on the show we don't have any new five star reviews but we did get another couple of ratings so we uh, yeah. we have climbed a little bit in our ratings and um so that's good but uh, whoever left us those uh, did not write the review so uh they 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 missed out all right dave i think that is going to wrap up episode uh 336 i think i said this one was called <laughs> yeah, it sounds right. Uh, that's going to do it. Uh, we uh, we appreciate you listening. You can read our stuff at the mainland.com, an independent website, Dave. Independent, baby. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at the mainland, follow Dave on Twitter at mainland Dave, follow me at mainland Michael, and uh, do all the things subscribe, rate, review, share with your friends, all of the things that you can do. We would appreciate, and we will be back next, uh, well, just in a few days. Thanks, everybody. Nothing left to say at the end of this thing, but what we always say, and that is to say, go city. <laughs>